Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Never doubt six. Never doubt six. Never doubt him. Never. Players want uh, leadership. They really do want strong leadership. So we're looking for a strong leader, one, someone who's smart, two, has really good football acumen, three, um, and then is a good will work within the organization, okay, it's not my way or the highway, we'll work within the organization for the best result. I also think we want somebody who's a continuous learner, somebody who's trying to get better all the time. I'd say those are the four or five characteristics. Talking Cleveland Browns football with the best fans in all of SB Nation. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Now, here's your host with the most, my dad, Thelonious Seven. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious Seven, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Man, it has been a while since I've been uh, back here behind the mic. <laughs> Some things have happened. And you know, while we can't be sure about what the future holds as far as next season, uh, we can be excited about what happened in the free agency. Uh, because really, when you get down to it, the offseason is the time for the celebration of the front office. So we'll take some time to look at the moves of the front office and free agency, and then we'll mock things up with a mock draft of the first nine picks. And then after that, I'm going to pick the entire draft for your Cleveland Browns. But before I get into that, I wanted to do a comment of the week from the Daily Dog Chow. Now, I stopped at the Daily Dog Chow maybe a week and a half ago to talk about this idea to it around and see what people thought about it um not that noise however made a comment to me saying there's going to be too much work and he's absolutely right what i thought about but in the end i think a comment of the week would be kind of an interesting way to highlight some of the discussion and banter that goes on daily in the daily dog chow so to qualify for comment of the week a comment has to be in the chow it has to be 10 wrecks or more and it has to be a novel post so the ones by ch dog saying go browns which have massive massive amounts of wrecks kind of don't really qualify for what i'm looking for here also the on this day in history posts which are incredible posts by sociopathic chow lurker those posts don't really qualify as well, but they do deserve some kind of an honorable mention, and then so they both get one. But number three in our list of 
post of the week, comment of the week, starts off with this one. This one is one that drew a simile between sheltering in place and the life of an adolescent. It goes like this. It's like being 16 again. Gas is cheap. I got a little money to spend. I don't have to work, but I'm grounded. It's an outstanding comment from Pads. Padua DSP. That was on April 9th. Had 10 comments, and it is number three on our list of comments of the week. Number two is a two-parter. It's a setup followed by a spike, if you will. Now, the setup comment is a very good one in its own right. It's by James M. Rush V. He made it on April 7th. And he's talking about the frustration that he has with the driving habits of others. And he begins his comment as follows. I will miss the lack of traffic on the road every morning once everything goes back to normal. Looking at you, middle-aged moms that want to drive 10 under the speed limit because your babies are in the car with you. It's Texas. Teach your kids how to drive fast like the rest of us. James is completely correct here. And even though he's way off base in terms of the safety of everyone on the road, we all know what he means. The community at Dogs by Nature has shown its agreement by giving him the Rex. But the spike comes one comment later. That spike is from Swag Nasty as he impersonates the fictitious mother training her kids. He says, here's your raffle and driving beer. Time to grow up. That comment netted him 20 racks and it ended him second place on our list of top comments of the week. But the comment at the top is from Gaius Gracchus, who is not a 2200-year-old Roman senator, but in fact a girl. She hit the spike when Sype99 asked this question. Which major event slash large group gathering would you like to see happen right now? He asked this, of course, sarcastically. He said, I vote for the real housewife reunion tour hosted by the Kardashians. That would receive Corona exemption. Sign off on it, DeWine. <laughs> to which Gaius Gracchus responded, Roethlisberger fan club meeting. <laughs> Excellent work by Gaius Krakus. Uh, with 23 wrecks, you have made the post of the week. So with that, we'll take our first break. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Celebration. Uh, and I, no, I have nothing. I'm just going to give the ball to I, Apparently, I think I need to just run away. Six. Never done. Six. Kind of player that is on your team. As we started off this show, we talked about the work of the front office and the work of one Andrew Barry in particular. At this time, we're able to judge him just a little bit based on his work in free agency. And we can see how he's doing and what he's looking to build as the roster turns over for the upcoming season. Now, in this offseason, the Browns added 12 players via free agency. He added maybe two to three starters to that group. Those starters, uh, of course, being Conklin, Hooper, and maybe some mix of Joseph and Sendejo. Now, the list goes as follows. They added Conklin, Hooper, Case Keenum as a backup quarterback, Adrian Claiborne, Andrew Billings, Kevin Johnson, Carl Joseph, as I mentioned before, B.J. Goodson at linebacker, Green Bay. Andrew Sendejo joins the squad, coming over from the Vikings. Jojo Natson joins us from the Rams, Evan Browns from the Dolphins, and Donovan Olumbo, the cornerback from Dallas. Contrast those 12 players with the 10 we've lost thus far in free agency. That list starts, of course, with Joe Schobert, goes to Eric Murray, Christian Kirksey, Justin Burris, Demetrius Harris, Demarius Randall, Justin McRae, Travis TJ Carey, Eric Cush and Ricky Seals-Jones. At this point, you can evaluate the work of Andrew Barry based on what you think this team needed and how he was able to position the team before the draft. You can see his emphasis at the top of free agency with the players he invested the most money in and the starters he brought in. Uh, you can see that Conklin and Hooper will make them stronger on offense and that this strength speaks to the identity that Stefanski and Barry are trying to craft with this team in 2020. With the Browns losing Chaubert, Kirko, and Randall in free agency, and of course, that doesn't even include losing Greg Robinson. Their needs look like this going into the draft. They need a left tackle, an inside linebacker, free safety, defensive tackle, outside linebacker, and wide receiver. Now, I think Taking a big wide receiver is the last of their needs. This draft class has a ton of options in that regard. Taking one at 2.9 or 3.10 would be a smart move with all the talent available at that position. Free agency is something that I have begun to see as somewhat of a red herring. Dorsey and Savage kind of got me to think of things in this way. They both tried to win free agency, and in football, it's not the easiest thing to accomplish to get a win now team by utilizing the free agents that are available on the market. It's far better for the long term to build a culture. And that's done by building a team through the draft rather than building the squad with mercenaries. 
So I had a look at our rivals and how they're positioning themselves heading into this draft. When free agency, Pittsburgh and Baltimore were relatively quiet in terms of acquisitions. Pittsburgh got worse. They only added three players while losing six. This is what a consistent organization looks like. I can't wait for an offseason in Cleveland that doesn't involve that kind of turnover. On the whole, Pittsburgh got weaker. They lost contributors like Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Nick Vanette, Tyler Makovich, and of course, BJ Finney and Javon Hargrave. To me, those were some serious losses, and they were only able to really replace one of those guys uh, in any way, shape, or form, and that was with Eric Ebron, the tight end coming over from Indianapolis. I think Eric Ebron's going to help this team, but the team is significantly weaker than they were last year, and they don't have the draft capital that they've been accustomed to to replenish the roster like they have in the past. Now, the team that Bob Stolnaker said would be the bane in Stefanski's existence, that, of course, is the Greater Chesapeake Ravens. Now, the Ravens only added one player in free agency from outside of the organization. That was Derek Wolf. They lost Michael Pierce, Seth Roberts, Patrick O, and Josh Bynes. So they lost three players. So they lost three players, of course, in aggregate. And they positioned themselves well to build through this next draft in 2020. Now, the last place team in this conference, the Northern Kentucky Bengals, their free agency looks very similar to ours as well. And of course, money has something to do with that. But they lost seven players and brought in 10 to have a total of three plus due free agency. They had a couple of really big signings in DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, and Vaughn Bell coming over from New Orleans. I think that the Bengals improved their roster more than anybody else in the AFC. Like I said, it's a red herring. But they're positioned obviously very well in the draft uh, to add some impact players as well. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on the Bengals moving into the 2020 season, particularly after the draft. We're going to talk about the draft a little bit more after a quick break. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Alonia 7. I'll be right back. Time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. 
Listen to our solo acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. With the 29th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select David Njoku. There you go. Tight end, Miami. Draft season is just around the corner, and with that in mind, I wanted to go through, as promised, a mock draft of the first nine picks before I get into a full seven-round Cleveland Browns mock draft. So, without any further ado, let's get into this one. Starting off at the top of the draft, it's no surprise, Joe Burrow going to our rivals down in Northern Kentucky. It seems to be a foregone conclusion that they're going to go the quarterback route so we don't spend too much time or ink worrying about what happened to that selection. Additionally, in the number two spot, we have the District of Columbia selecting Chase Young. That also seems to be a foregone conclusion as well. Now, when it comes to pick three, that's when I think the draft gets a little bit interesting. Here you have Detroit, and there's a lot of noise, news, whatever, smoke that... Detroit will trade out of the third spot to one of the teams seeking a quarterback at the top of the draft. Now, from my in my opinion, I think it's very possible, but I'm just going to go ahead and select Okuda, the guy who I have targeted to or tied to the Lions at that selection. They already made a, a trade to get rid of Darius Slay. It just seems like Okuda is the perfect selection to add to that defense over in Detroit. Now, the number, the number four pick is going to be the New York Giants. Now, the New York Giants could go in a lot of directions with this pick. Um, it seems like a lot of people have them pegged to get an offensive lineman. And uh, a lot of people would have them pegged to take Tristan Wirfs at this fourth selection. And it seems like that could be a good selection at number four. But to me, I just see that team going for the talent and the physical specimen that is Makai Becton at number four. And that could definitely change, but I see the Giants picking the player that has a chance to be the most dominant over the years, and it just seems like that's the guy that they would take at that spot. Moving down to pick number five, I have the Dolphins selecting a quarterback, Tua Tagliavola from Alabama. Now, that's a very controversial pick, and as well as the pick next coming after that one where the Chargers select Justin Aber out of Oregon. I think the quarterbacks are most likely to go to these two teams in the top 10, although I don't know if they actually hold their positions and select them in that spot per se. But that's what it looks like to me. The team's going Burrow, Young, Okuda, Becton, Tua, and Aber from the Chargers. Now, the next three picks in this draft are the picks that at 10, sitting at 10, I'm thinking to myself, these are the guys that I hope could somehow slip through the cracks and end up in Cleveland at some point. Because there are, I think, three remaining top 10 defenders in Brown, Simmons, and Kinlaw that I have pegged going in picks 7, 8, and 9. Uh respectively to the Panthers, Cardinals, and Jaguars. I, Out of all three of these guys, the one that seems to have the most level of jealousy associated to the pick would be Simmons. 
uh, who has a who fits a huge need for the Browns, who having lost Schobert uh, in free agency, and a guy who's an absolute specimen and looks to be <laughs> the kind of guy that's going to shape your defense for years. And when we had John W. eighty one on here a little earlier to talk about draft. He talked about Derrick Brown a bunch, and I am definitely a fan of this guy's Well, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near us when we have the pick at pick number 10. But the guy who falls at number 9, Javon Kinlaw, here's a guy, he's out of South Carolina, and he seems to have everything you'd look for in a defensive tackle position. You've got the size, the strength, the length. It looks like he has the speed to be an effective player on the inside for the Browns. I would be very, very tempted to take any one of these three guys should they fall through the cracks and land at pick 10. But as I see it, all three of the guys will go before the Browns have a chance to select. And so with that, let me get into what I think the Browns are going to do in the draft, barring any trades. So if things fall like they did in that draft, I believe the Browns would select at Pick 10, Tristan Wirfs. Now, obviously, that guy has top 10 measurables, except for when it comes to the height. But besides that, it looks like he has the speed, the technique, and does everything that he needs to to fit into this system specifically that's being run in Stefanski's offense. So for me, I feel like if that's the way that it breaks down at the beginning, Wirfs is the guy that you're going to take first and foremost run to the podium and move on with that there are a few other guys that might slip through there are other tackle prospects i guess that you could look at like willis and thomas that would be also excellent selections too now round two pick nine is probably my most controversial selection i can easily get talked off of this position but right now uh for the way that this draft the mock draft that i that i uh, did broke down i ended up selecting Uh, with pick nine in the second round, Patrick Queen out of LSU. I ended up selecting Queen because of his speed and because there's just not another player that does what he does in this draft class. So I kind of felt like we got squeezed in terms of availability of impact players in this position and ended up having to make a selection that I might not necessarily have gone with early on. But I think that looking back, after I made the selection that it probably makes sense to go for this pick in this position at this time. Now moving on to round three, I take a player who a lot of people have a lot of love for, and that is Antron Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. He's going to play free safety for me, for sure. At pick 10, I think that's a pretty good steal. Uh, He might have to be taken a little bit earlier, but we'll see how the draft breaks down. But there's not a lot of players with his speed, with his skill set, with his ball skills in this draft. And as free safety, that's kind of the guy that you need to have back there at this position. Now, my compensatory pick, uh, pick 33 in the third round, it ended up being Devon Hamilton trying to shore up the inside of the defensive line. Now, normally I'd like to have a guy who's a little bit taller, a little bit more length, but this guy has showed me enough on tape to show that he can be an effective player in the NFL, given time and space to develop. Moving on to the fourth round, I selected a guy named Albert O. I believe his name is pronounced Okweg Bungham. Uh, he's a tight end out of Missouri. And I waited and waited to select him in my draft. I absolutely love this guy, and I know we already have a lot of tight ends that fit this roster, 
But to me, a guy with this guy's size, this guy's ability in the in the open field in terms of the speed, this is the kind of guy that can really it's it can really put your offense over the top to have another guy who can make plays at that position. So I rounded out my draft with offensive guard uh, Yasir Durant, who comes from Missouri as well. And I finished it up with Kamal Martin from Minnesota, an outside linebacker. Uh, To me, I feel like those picks at the end of the draft, they add some depth. And they have some ability to, if they blossom and do what they need to do, they have the size to become players that can be effective within the scheme. So I ended up with Wirfs, Queen, Winfield, Hamilton, Albert O, Yasir Durant, and Kamal Martin in this draft. Uh, What do you think about that? Now, as I went through and game the draft a bit, I, I really do believe that the Browns have some some leeway to trade down from pick 10. I'm just not sure that there's a player available that's going to make people get off their seats that we don't want to take at pick number 10. Uh, if it happens that there are several offensive tackle prospects available at pick 10 and we can... That's where I think the Browns can make some value in this draft. That's what I think being aggressive would be like in this draft. It would be interesting to move out of that pick and find some picks in between pick nine in the second round and into the third and fourth rounds because that's where I feel there's quite a bit of value, particularly at wide receiver. If the Browns were able to make a move in around that spot in the draft to pick up a guy like that it would be a huge thing for us as a team i believe and with that we're gonna put this episode in the books thank you for taking time to make dogs by nature radio a part of your day well i am your host Thelonious seven you've been listening to straight no chaser on dogs by nature take care You've been listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.